Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another Wrestling Roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on your iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick. And, sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today, for now at least, to talk about AEW announcing a show in New York City. New York, concrete jungle, wet cream tomato. Love that song. Anyway, they are coming to... (laughs) Jesus Christ. The Arthur Ashe Stadium, 22nd of September. I don't know why that date sticks out for me but they're coming there uh arthur ash stadium the 22nd of september for aew dynamite grand slam and i sense sige that this show held where they do the u.s open is going to be ace what did you think about this news yesterday <laughs> i mean you're an ass an absolute ass i mean anyway you ruined it like without joke I was in a bit of a high because what is September 22nd, Adam Wilborn? It is one. It doesn't help the rumors, by the way, again, if you're being a paid AEW shield. It's one Michael Sidgwick's birthday. What a gift this is for you. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. I, I took one look at that stadium. Um, Cody made sure to instantly tweet, look at how amazing this is. And I just ripped him off because I was like, oh, here's another picture of how amazing it is. I received this news like with shock and just, I just fell in love with this goddamn stadium. It's going to be the biggest attendant AEW show in history, provided they get the numbers mm-hmm. and we'll get to how they can secure those numbers imminently. But man, I just fell in love with this stadium. Like it's perfect because it's very, very savvy. I'm high as hell on AEW. I think it's the best book pro wrestling promotion on the planet. I'm realistic. I don't think they could sell out a gigantic football stadium for a pay-per-view, much less a dynamite taping. What's so savvy about selecting this building is that it's a tennis stadium. You wouldn't necessarily think, oh, a pro wrestling show should go there. It's just a weird kind of dissonance between tennis and pro wrestling. And yet... The architecture of it is so stunning that it kind of looks like a um, football stadium, mm. but like shrunk somewhat mm. because it's not a big, massive football pitch. 
hate going football. Football. The bloody football's on ITV and BBC right now. That's what football is. But nonetheless, it has a similar architecture, just sort of shrunk ever so slightly. So the idea is they are going to capture that special feeling of an open-air stadium show that, one, isn't necessarily a big wrestling-sized stadium because it doesn't host American football, it hosts tennis. Mm -hmm. And two, it has a retractable roof. So Mm. if they use that, it can trap the sound. We've all watched WrestleMania's we've been to a WrestleMania. The idea is that the architecture of an open air stadium means that a certain amount of sound just simply disappears Mm. because it's not bouncing off the walls and on the roof. What AEW's done by selecting the stadium, if in fact they use the retractable roof, is that they can trap that sound. They can have more people than usual for a pro wrestling event that looks like there's more people. So it's a kind of an ingenious work almost to book the stadium um, and it's still a risk at 23,000, but again, we'll get to that imminently. It looks beautiful. It's going to sound amazing. They are essentially going to sort of, in the best possible use of the word, con you into thinking it's the full stadium experience. <laughs> and we know from the glorious old world that AEW's production team, they get barter, and I think it's quite unfair, particularly since it's all quite new, Um they get battering for certain production choices. Now I think some of them have been woeful, particularly as it extends to their props, their use of props. But one thing they were very, very good at early doors is you would watch a certain episode of Dynamite in late 2019, early 2020, and you would read in the Observer, oh, the advances for this one aren't particularly good. There's only three or 4,000 in there. And then you would look at the way it was filmed and think, are you sure? Because it looks like there's loads and loads and loads of fans in there to me. But what they do is they employ the dark arts of camera trickery. You would never see a big sort of God's eye view of the, of the arena. Mm. They would just pack all of it in front of the hard cam or most of it in front of the hard cam. Even if they don't fill this, they will have certain tricks to make it look more full than it is. So, yeah, I just can't wait. It's going to look absolutely beautiful. And I think it's such a clever choice to make it seem more big time than mm. it is but it is in itself big time stadium capacity. I just think it's small all around, but yeah, there's going to have to be a big match to fill it. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Like you say, it's sort of a weird dichotomy of saying, Oh, oh it'll only seat 23,000 people in there. But like you say, it could be the, the highest attended AW event ever, uh, obviously depending on how they lay it out. You've got to transform a, like you say, a, a tennis stadium into a, a, a place you can hold wrestling. But yeah, the moment I saw those shots uh, that you tweeted and Cody tweeted, and it was just all over Twitter, obviously, last night, it is great because it's you're right on top of the action, a la what you see uh, you know, at the US Open or whatever it may be. It's really exciting. I don't normally read out quotes from press, re- press releases because they're incredibly bland, but I do want to say what uh, Tony Khan said because he really encapsulated the mood around all this, saying, because let's not forget, this isn't just about it being in a big, cool stadium. It's in New York as well. He said, we wanted our first show in New York City to be extraordinary and epic in scale. Uh, there's no better venue to bring out our, the best in our talent and creativity than the iconic USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Centre. He continued, um, we love the concept of resting in a non-traditional venue and placing our AW ring on centre court in the awe-inspiring Arthur Ashe Stadium. I can't wait for fans to experience our live AEW Dynamite Grand Slam show in one of the coolest venues on the planet. Really, yeah, really summing up the uh, the feeling 
around this show and you saw the responses not just from the likes of of cody and aw fans but people like eddie kingston uh and you know other members proud and powerful who cannot wait to you know wrestle in their backyard effectively we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the main event uh and, and booking all of this because yeah i think everyone probably wants the main event in this show but it's going to be intriguing to see how they lay it out also it's a it's a long way off uh as i said what is it 22nd of september tickets by the way go on sale if you want to get them 16th of july i believe uh it's about i think two weeks after all out if i'm not mistaken looking at my calendar but yeah sige uh, with all that taken into account what do you reckon we should expect uh for a show of this this scale well aw in general and I just, again, I mentioned this in passing every other podcast because I think it's just a funny indictment of how much WWE has pissed off its audience for so long that AEW's guidebook is don't do what Donny WWE does, hmm. to paraphrase or butcher an old classic Simpsons line. Right, their promos are scripted, ours aren't. Their matches are really heavily produced by agents. We encourage genre expression. Um, we WWE will open the show with a scripted promo train exchange. We will seek to not make it very evident that this is a very scripted and produced show. We'll try and capture the live emulation of the sport by kicking it off with a match. And more often than not, there'll be well, there's never been an impromptu match um, in dynamite history. Virtually everything WWE does, AEW things. Well, that's bad. Let's do the opposite of that. Mm. Um, along similar lines, WWE and Jesus Christ. So the mentality behind WWE when they enter the um, home state, city, town, whatever, of one of their key talents, mm-hmm. they don't think it's particularly mean-spirited. They've got a logical reason behind this, but it scans as mean-spirited, particularly since long-term storytelling barely exists in this company. Their mentality is, when they go to a star act's hometown, that star act will get jobbed out in their hometown with the idea being that the crowd will go, God damn it. I'm going to have to come back now to see them go over. Right. It never happens. <laughs> I don't think it's ever happened. Not that I'm aware of. Um, I can't recall writing a list for what culture entitled 10 times WWE were actually nice to people in their hometowns. It just doesn't really happen. In contrast to that, what I've discovered, and again, because of the pandemic, we haven't seen anywhere near, anywhere near enough of this, but I suspect it was going to be a trend. They embrace the rich mm. wrestling history of the particular cities they're in. They're not interested in what WWE does. Jesus Christ, I sympathize with Kurt Angle every yeah. day of my life. Ridiculous! What a fittingly rubbish acronym WWE is. You couldn't pick three letters that just don't fit together. Idiots. Anyway, what was happening gradually is that they were um, really embracing the pro wrestling roots of each locale in contrast to WWE, where what they do is they hire massive basketball-sized arenas and just make every single episode of Raw look the same. That's what they used to do in the old world. It's, like it's coming from St. Louis, is it? It could be California. I, I absolutely have no idea. No, sometimes when they're in England, they put a big taxi in a phone box on the stage. Yeah, sorry, where are my manners? 
Sorry, I've completely forgotten about that. We are in Manchester, home of black cabs and red phone boxes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's true. I am wrong, obviously. Uh, So what they did was they ran shows in Memphis, and it's savvy, but also nice that they would get certain legends associated with the old Memphis territory to appear after the show to pay tribute to them and to sort of encourage the locals to go right okay well this is a bespoke event for you here's a trivia note if you've not listened to chris jericho's blood and guts rundown on talkers jericho podcast which you know is a very good podcast and you can also listen to that after listening to ours wherever you get your podcasts from Hmm. the original plan this is kind of heartbreaking considering the original version of the match could not happen the original plan for blood and guts was not in fact for newark new jersey um with the idea that it was going to be the inner circle versus the elite. Cody, who's got a special relationship with Atlanta for reasons that should be obvious, mm. he wanted to do inner circle versus the elite on the Atlanta Dynamite that was later headlined by Cody versus Wardlow in the steel cage. Mm. So he wow. originally wanted to do War games in Atlanta, because of course he would. He was kind of talked out of it by thinking, right, okay, well, it kind of removes the shine from Revolution. Um, The Inner Circle versus Elite thing's simmering, but it's not at the forefront of storylines, so it might interfere with the builds for Revolution, which they peaked, of course, wonderfully. So he was talked out of it. He said, right, okay, well, I want to pay tribute to Atlanta. I want to do something that is inherent to the wrestling history of Atlanta on an Atlanta show. And they thought, right, well, the cage match, Cage matches are synonymous with Atlanta throughout the history of um, Crockett and Georgia Championship Wrestling. So that's how Wardlow versus Cody came about. If this is going to be a thing going forward, what we can primarily expect from the show, and it doesn't have to headline it, I just think it would be a very good and very nice idea and a very sensible one considering like hometown crowds are electric. Ed Kingston and Santana and Ortiz have to play a big part in this show right eddie kingston getting a hero's welcome from a crowd of that size is going to be just total goosebumps i've had a reply in my mentions i didn't fantasy book this but i think it's a great idea and i'm sorry i'm going to forget the name of the guy and i think there was actually several who um pitched this to me i'm not on the payroll guys maybe even (laughs) if i was and i can't tell you this Eddie Kingston defeating Miro for the TNT title. Wow. Like, what a perfect, perfect marriage of venue. By this point, Miro would have just been built as an even more invincible monster, mm. having held the TNT title for that long. Um, a guy who has said, like, he's just desperate to take a title home with his mother, Ruthie. Just dynamic villain, hero, venue. That would be perfect. Santana and Ortiz could win the tag team titles there, uh, New York boys. Those weren't my ideas. I do have an idea of my own for something they could do with the show, but I don't think it's necessarily something that's going to get 23,000 people because I think this is more of a gag. I would love the idea of MJF. And I know he's played it heel on Twitter by going, why are we going now? We should go to the Nassau Coliseum, which is like this rundown, totally rundown uh, venue. It's like it's proper good heel work. If you want to embrace like region-specific locales and how they can help get things over, if MGF 
it's just a total arsehole on social media and on Dynamite and uh, Rampage by this point. Just saying, I can't wait for my heroes welcome in New York. Can't wait for my heroes welcome in New York and just run this into the ground and at the same time, like, neg the people of New York. Yeah. And it's like, I know they don't have that much money, but, you know, if they could just cobble together the funds, if these poors can just, don't get your kids something for Christmas or Hanukkah, don't do that. I'm more important. If you poors can just work your rubbish jobs and, you know, scramble together those funds and cheer for me, then that would be great. Do some kind of runner like that. Mm. Just basically ensure that he's going to come out, and he probably would anyway, to this deafening cacophony of booze and just have the smile slowly drain from his face mm. and he can have a conniption fit on the way to the ring and he can maybe do a job because at this point he's still established as a heel with the virtually unbeaten record that he could really get a baby face over. Like I would, I wouldn't make it like a glorified New York house show because there are people watching who aren't from New York. There are certain cities I can infer from sports rivalries that do not like New York at all. So you can't go completely over the top with it. This is not a house show. It's a special edition of Dynamite, but for the potential of the guys and the reactions they can get, for Santana and Ortiz, who really need to do more in AW for my money, you, you have to embrace it to an extent. I love that booking. I think that's absolutely sensational uh, for across the board. So we, I, I assume you're having the uh, the TNT title match potentially main event in the show. Obviously, you're going to have to kind of stack it, but that would be a, a wonderful crescendo, let's say. Well, here's the thing. It's so far in advance that it's hard to fantasy book this. And I love Eddie Kingston. I think everyone loves Eddie Kingston. You can measure the extent to which everyone seemingly loves Eddie Kingston by the sheer reaction he got at um, Double or Nothing. The greatest will in the world, as much as he's just universally beloved and deserving of that love, I'm not entirely convinced that Eddie Kingston is a draw capable of getting... 23,000 plus or there or thereabouts into that um, stadium. This needs like a monster of a match. Like this needs, because that's that would be a fabulous TV main event that I think could very much draw a crowd to the sort of four, five, six, seven, eight thousand range um, indoor arenas that AEW has hosted and fingers crossed can host again. This needs a mega match. Like this needs a Big time world title match. It, it, by our booking, yeah. is this, yeah, all out is well, coronation. We assume of, of Hangman Page as world champion. If I'm if I'm remembering this right, yes, which leads me nicely into a segue. Ooh, so okay. thank you for that. I would do something major. Like it has to be major. This crowd, these fans, need to be incentivized to watch something that isn't just a dynamite. It's a special suffixed dynamite. Like, if you book something big, they will come and it needs to be something big. I haven't really firmed this idea up again because everything's so far. But when I talk about massive, I'm talking about either a big time AEW world title match. I'm talking potentially some kind of huge thing they've not done before with just enormous stakes. Something like a retirement match. They've not done that yet. A retirement match stipulation. I don't know who could potentially retire. I don't know who could threaten this retirement. I don't know who could risk this retirement. But that just feels like something enormous that they've not yet done. Or a tennis court 
is big enough to more than big enough to host two rings. They could blow off what I suspect is going to be the Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega title program at All Out by very similar to what was going to happen after Revolution by doing blood and guts mere weeks after the title match. Oh, right. The super elite of Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus a Hangman Page-led Dark Order in Blood and Guts. Wow. The issue with this is that that will piss off the New Jersey market because Newark was promised Blood and Guts and they're probably not going to be happy with the idea of, all right, okay, well, it could have feasibly happened at Newark still, but you just want to do a nice big match for your tennis stadium show. You don't want to piss off a market. Mm-hmm. like you, you don't want to do that. So as nice as that would be, I don't think it's wise to do the second Blood and Guts match in any other market except Newark at this point. So with that in mind, I'm thinking a big-time world title match or something huge that they've not done, and that is a retirement. So it's a hell of a shout. I'd love to know everyone else's thoughts and, and pitches for the main event at What Culture WWE because I'd love I love that idea of a blood and guts war games match five on five sort of thing. But yeah, you are right. If if they do that in New York, they would probably get uh, a couple of haters from uh, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, right? What's New York City? The Big Apple. Okay, it's a city that never sleeps. Hey, I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here. The city that never sleeps. No wonder Vince McMahon lives there. (laughs) New York City is also the city where the dreams are made of. Okay. So if if it's a city where dreams are made of, I can just simply dream by saying, right, here's what happens. This isn't going to happen. It it isn't going to happen. But what if at the end of All Out, Hangman Page celebrates with the title, Kenny Omega says, I'm still the best in the world. I'm still the best in the world. I'm still the best in the world. Final countdown. Brian Danielson comes out. Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega at Grand Slam. <laughs> it's not, it's, it isn't going to happen. That's silly. Yeah. It's nonsense talk. He's going to, he's fed pilled. My hero has been fed pilled. Brian Danielson and Michael Hamflit are like, Jesus Christ, they're both hopeless and I love them both. So that one's not going to happen. But I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking retirement. But it's just, I'm trying, it's process of elimination of thought. Like, they've not done it. It's traditionally a huge mm. uh, ticket seller, a mega match. And realistically, one thing you can objectively say about All Elite Wrestling so far is that this is a company. And again, they're going to be undermined by WWE's vast history of all its. But this is a history that has thus far upended the idea that a wrestling promotion cannot um, adhere to their stipulations. If they can continue to do this, then something like a retirement match, even if the person wins it, like they can preserve or recover the allure of a match like that. Mm. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Taking a step back from all this, it's like, it's really exciting, obviously. And going to New York is a huge statement as well for AEW. But this is, I mean, this is yet another step on that road. And I know they have their detractors all the time on social media of all like, look at the ratings when they're on on Friday nights, late at night and what have you and blah, blah, blah. And people, you know, People are waiting for this 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 show and this company to crash and burn, and yet everything that we see coming out of it is kind of completely disproves all that theory. But it, like, this is a huge, huge statement again from w, uh, from AEW. Sorry, what does this mean for them going forward from this? It means that they could potentially risk embarrassment if this doesn't sell anywhere near as much as they've hoped. But again, what? they are adept at is just showing incredible ambition, like huge ambition. Um, This is another hugely ambitious move of the sort that if they can build a card that's worthy of drawing all these fans, the knock-on effect is going to be incredible. Like at the minute, the ratings are what they are. I expect when they, the allure of watching a big packed in crowd is itself a draw now in a post-pandemic world. Mm. Hungary versus Portugal, right? The greatest will in the world. I'll always watch the R7. He's a draw. Mm. But that match, if I miss it, and I miss the first half because of my working hours, I'm not, like, desperate. Mm. I'll catch up on the highlights. Like, I rushed home. I put my daughter in the pram and sprinted down my cul-de-sac. She went, wee, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for Ronaldo too, but I'm more excited about the goddamn fact that it's going to be, I've read on BBC, a full crowd of 60,000 in Hungary. It's like, are you kidding me? I rushed home with the idea of there being a massive crowd. Like, if they can get this massive crowd and they can get more big crowds and they can just get over this awful pandemic era and think, right, okay, we're back. We're back on Wednesdays. We're back with our regularly scheduled programming. We're back with some big matches in front of some packed houses. And this can build and build and build to a point where you get to 23,000 in the Arthur Ashe. Who knows? They could genuinely start threatening those demos again, which was becoming agonizingly close, at least in Safaris, so where you want this company to succeed and you want hopefully at some point, even though it's a pipe dream, WWE thing, you know, Right, we've got to try. This might just be the dawn of right serious competition time. The demos are getting threatened. This is going to feel as big as it was starting to feel in 2019 and early 2020. I think it was Cody who paraphrased your hero, Cameron Grimes, who said, like, 
with Revolution being as hot as it was, or the ratings being as good as they were, with 15,000 ready for Newark, like they were going to the moon. Mm. Maybe they'll go to the moon again. Yeah, you know, I'm very much a believer of don't chase the competition, chase the dream. But regardless, do you, do you think WWE will do something in response to this to, to counteract this? I mean, they've got they've got a track record. To be fair, not necessarily just in New York, but you know, they 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 cannot take a bloodied nose and just accept it. Really, no, they're going to do an MSG show um, that will double as some sort of um, retro nostalgia show. Like, it's almost guaranteed. Like it is almost guaranteed. Who's back? It's The Undertaker. And he's hanging around backstage with notable former friend, um, Eva Mendes. <laughs> Legends night. They'll do some bollocks like that. They'll do some bollocks like that. But at the same time, it's like they, they always draw on TV. They did respectable, if not particularly great, uh, gates the last time they tried to do that sort of thing specifically in MSG. But again, in a post pandemic world, like, they'll do well in New York and they will surely um, do some kind of show to um, counter this, to counter program it. It's just what they do. This is emblematic as well. And I know, you know, AW's business model and WWE's to be fair, has changed a lot recently. But the fact this is coming, what, as I said, two weeks after a pay-per-view and this could potentially be their biggest show ever. And I say just, it's obviously going to be a sort of super show. But it's it is just a dynamite, effectively. That sort of yeah, symptomatic of, of what we're seeing across the industry, really, with this. Indeed, yeah, it's more geared towards television. Um, it's wild this, which makes us think that maybe blood and guts isn't completely off the table, um, because it mirrors the strategy of what they were doing after Revolution. I might be, I haven't researched this, unfortunately, but I'm pretty sure the Prudential in Jersey was bigger than. What did they run for Revolution? It was in Chicago somewhere. Wind Trust? I'm sure the potential is bigger than that. Mm. But again, it's just another um, shift of the trajectory that wrestling's taken. TV, ultimately, is more lucrative than pay-per-view. Mm. And this is just another extension of that. And it makes me think, again, like, I love Eddie Kingston. Everyone loves Eddie Kingston. I don't think an Eddie Kingston TMT title match is headlining this thing. Like, I really don't. I think this is going to be absolutely enormous. And, uh, you know, if it's successful, those quarterly Battle of the Belt specials on TNT, you know, if this is successful and it's established as being successful and you establish these special dynamites, because, again, we've talked before, St. Patrick's Day Slam, what was the point? It was headlined by an absolutely phenomenal match, but at the same time, the more you do things, the more normal they appear at some point soon, they are going to have to nip these, oh, New Year Slam, Paddy's Day Slam, or New Year's Bash, whatever it was. Smash, that was it, Jesus Christ, I couldn't even remember what thing was called. Mm. They have to stop doing this, and if, in fact, actual TV wrestling is going to be a pay-per-view card on TV as a destination, like, they should probably cool it with these ridiculous suffixes. But again, it's just TV means more. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter to me if the destination is on television or if it's at pay-per-view. As long as, as long as it's preserved as an actual destination that is built towards with phenomenal episodic wrestling TV, then even if the destination is itself TV, as long as it's a destination that I'm asked to care about, if it makes you more money, do it on TV. I don't really care anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um 
I'm mad to think this could be AW's biggest show ever as well. Yeah, biggest show on TV. Again, they have to have something massive for this. Massive. The rating, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Like, that will be very, very interesting. Like, But again, this is all so far in advance. I'm just, at this point, I'm looking at the architecture of that stadium in a state of wonderment. It looks so big and yet so intimate. Intimate, sorry. Yeah, just it's going to be awesome. Just, I'm just glancing at the uh, the Wikipedia page for professional wrestlers from New York and the potential that we've got for this. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking like, maybe Taz will wrestle. Because <laughs> like you say, it's just, it's, it's so unpredictable. I mean, it's all very much up in the air and it seems to be going in the opposite direction to what would be here. But like, let's not forget that Selena Vega was born in New York. Like, Thea Trinidad, like you say, it's just so, so exciting in terms of who they could potentially get to appear. Ricky Steamboat's from New York. I mean, he lives in Tennessee. But I don't know, I'm getting carried away. But in terms of, you know, doing New York is a big step, as I said, not just to, to you know, a black eye for, 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 for WWE yet again with this sort of thing. But as you allude to, in terms of post-pandemic and them stepping out and... I mean, what, where else could you see AW putting on shows? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lead you basically to when are they coming here? Because they were meant to be Fighter <laughs> Fest. What was it? Summer 2020? Yeah, that must be yeah. it. The time has no meaning. But yeah, it, it, is it getting more and more feasible? Not, I'm not suggesting in August or September, but down the road, this does seem a statement of intent from them, doesn't it? Indeed. Ultimately, the very second most restrictions are eased they will think about immediately flying over to the uk i've got absolutely no doubt about what about that whatsoever um even like the midnight death slot they still do strong numbers on itv that deal again needs to be renegotiated but if i'm tony khan i'm strongly encouraged to do a show even before those numbers came in like it's a free hit you're guaranteed to get a sellout like guarantee if you do a three date tour, even a five-day tour in the UK, I'm thinking you're selling out some of our biggest um, music arenas, like doubtlessly, like even a news in Manchester, Wembley in London, like I'm thinking you're selling that out or like coming very, very close to selling it out. Um, but before that, let's talk about where else they might go. They've been very, very clever. What they did was early in Dynamite's run, they didn't hit many of the established major markets of professional wrestling. What they instead tried to do was, let's go to some of the towns that when WWE does run, they refuse to say it out loud because they're not quite as glamorous. Like, imagine going to these shows. WWE won't even acknowledge the state, the city or the town that you're in because, like, it's you're considered peasants. Like, you're considered poor peasants to these people who live in rural but Shagville, Alabama. You know what I mean? So what they did was they did a lot of the Southern states with the idea being that, right, okay, we, in effect, are almost a reboot at WCW um, if you want to come back, if you used to enjoy that sort of thing. They were very clever. And this is, but they did this before the pandemic. I understand why they're going to do it immediately following a pandemic that is not being followed yet. But they're doing Texas again for obvious reasons, but they did Texas for less obvious reasons. Again, they are very clever. Texas used to be an absolutely enormous wrestling crowd, like world class, was 
white hot in the 80s, like white hot. It existed in this white hot, like at times they could do really, really strong stadium attendances, mm. um, just sort of existing outside of the WWE monopoly. And it came for everywhere in the US, but Texas existed. It's an enormous wrestling town. So they decided, right, okay, well, we want Laps fans to come back. So they hit Texas. And in hitting Texas as often as they did, I'm sure there were four dynamites in Texas in late 2019. What they did was they decided, right, okay, we can't just spaff dynamites on the hot markets where we're guaranteed a ticket. Mm. Because if we just do that, then where else can we go from there? Everything else will feel smaller. So the idea was it was going to be a big, long build, like 4,000 seats in Texas, and we try and get some laps fans in an old wrestling city, uh, an old wrestling state. And then you peak and peak and peak and the shows look and feel more enormous to like mirror the illusion that like this company's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It was really quite astute. So the smaller Texas buildings were then going to erupt in scale and we're going to hit New York and then everything went. So I firmly expect on that note, once to do Texas, they're going to do New York. And then at some point, they're going to do the East Coast. Mm. It was very smart of them not to hit the East Coast too early. Um, Canada as well, they'll, like TSN, the strong numbers. It was really smart of them not to hit the East Coast, uh, sorry, the West Coast as early as they did because New Japan had really oversaturated that market by every time they did a US show, they always hit Long Beach or the Cow Palace. And eventually those like instant sellouts started to become, all right, okay, well, I haven't sold out at all. So realizing that that market was oversaturated, they kind of steered away from it. So I'm firmly expecting like some kind of East Coast stuff to happen at the end of this year. Wilborn, you've been very patient. You'll get a UK show the very second it feels like the corner has been turned. Mm. At the minute, Delta variant is the talk of the news. We're talking now about the, the vaccines are weakening rather than breaking the chain between infection and mm. hospitalization. It's all still a little bit tentative when there's this sort of feeling of, all right, it's actually happening and there's no way for any variants to emerge or whatever. The second that feeling hits, they'll be penciling in venues. Mm. I'm thinking at this point, early to mid 2022 for the UK. Yeah, yeah, really, really exciting times. Just as you were talking there, I was glancing at this this uh, professional wrestlers from New York page, and uh, I'm more and more convincing myself that you may be even open with Eddie Kingston winning that TNT title, and then that main event, as much as it may annoy New New, New Jersey people, uh, there's there's definitely possibility there of the super elite versus, especially with you know Brody Lee's connections to to New York, obviously, and. Uh, but they're doing Josh, Rochester as well, I think. So I think they might save something like that. But I know what you mean. It's, yeah, John, John, I didn't even realise John Silver, of course, uh, was uh, was was born in, in New York as well. So this, there's the real, real potential there. Either that, either that, or if you really want to pop a rating, you get a former world champion on the show. Just have Vince Russo headline, mate. So there you go. That's the answer. On a less facetious note, um, Chris Jericho can't make his mind up where he comes from. Yes, but I was thinking that. One of those things, is he from Winnipeg or is he from uh, Long Island? Hey, he's Chris Jericho. He can claim both um, cities. So why not get him in as well? Yeah. I mean, he is the biggest rating draw they've got. So it would be very silly of them not to have Chris Jericho in a featured capacity. Yeah. 
But like you say, whatever happens, very, very exciting. AEW coming to New York City on Michael Sidgwick's birthday of all dates, the 22nd of September. Let us know your thoughts, your fantasy booking, everything you feel about this at What Culture WWE on Twitter. Watch, they so can follow both of us. You can follow the birthday boy for AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, including, of course, our AEW Dynamite preview that is going to be coming out tomorrow. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.